Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. We are back for season four. Darren, I don't know about you, but I cannot believe Bob Redding on season four. I don't know how you continue to do this year after year. I truly <laughs> don't. What possesses you to do this? Ah, something to do. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. You got me there. You yeah. got me there. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess we start this out the way everything does when they come back in summer break. Uh, I want you to stand in front of the class. I want you to tell me what you did this summer. Uh, couple, a couple, couple shows. Some uh, watched watched my first movie in theaters in like f- four years, I guess. Um, Has it really been that long? Yeah, yeah. The last movie I saw in theaters was 1918, prior to uh, 1917. Uh, yeah, 1917. Uh, prior to uh, Oppenheimer. Well, I'll tell you this: you you chose to see good movies in theaters because I enjoyed 1917, yeah. and I really enjoyed Oppenheimer. Not, not, not a big movie guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I saw. I guess it was last month or something. I saw a uh, a an advertisement or a trailer pop up for it. And I was like, hmm. And I was immediately like, this might be the movie that gets me back into a theater seat. <laughs> and it was. It was worth it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That it was. A little long in the tooth, but then again, it doesn't feel like three hours. It just feels like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, for me, anyone should probably figure this out. I watched Trains all summer, and by that I mean I met someone who has basically the exact same interests as me, uh, who is willing to drive and has decided to take me along with him on his rail fanning adventures. We've gone to, let's see, Bluefield, West Virginia, Canova, West Virginia, Deschler and Fostoria, and Marion, Ohio. Uh, Cass and Ashland, Virginia. We, we've done a lot of traveling in the time that we came off the air, but it's been fun. I was actually in Canova this past uh, Saturday when it felt like 108 degrees outside. Wow. And I wish I was making the number up. But you know what? Amazing. I didn't get sunburned. I just got really tan. I don't know how, but I didn't. <laughs> I will take it. I will Hell take yeah. it. Yeah, I managed to avoid uh, anything at the beach. Of course, I was, I'm was. i also tra- generally pretty diligent with, sun, with sunscreen. So I was see, like, see, yeah. that's, a, that's the thing with me. I packed sunscreen. I didn't want to, like, because Canova is a two-hour drive from here. I didn't want to, and I'm like, okay. It was supposed to rain that day, so I'm like, okay. I'll probably be under cloud cover the whole time, but I'll bring some with me in case I need to. I never got around to actually putting it on. Mm-hmm. And it was cloudy, but it wasn't overcast all day. It was a good portion of the day with sun, but then again, it felt like 108. So we were in the shade and or the car a whole lot. So you do the math. Yeah. So speaking of doing the math, um, West Virginia did that with their basketball roster after uh, after Huggins got himself fired. Well. Actually, it it, uh, it says resigned, but then again, if you believe Huggins, he didn't actually resign. So I had this written on our rundown, Darren, as the wild and wacky summer at WVU. And I, I'm just going to let you speak because I, well, you went there, so you, you get first crack at this as someone who actually has this representing <laughs> you as an alumni of West Virginia University. So I, I just, I, 
I'll tell you this much before you get started. When all this was breaking, I almost convened us for a special emergency episode. Mm-hmm. I came this close to saying, let's go. But I didn't. Because I thought I, I didn't I didn't know it would draw out as much as it has now. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad I waited because now we've had a chance to let it sit down and simmer for a second. So knowing that in terms of how crazy it was that I almost called a special session. I'm doing the best, my best Governor Justice impression. Uh, what what do we make of this? What do you make of this as someone who has the actions of this now former head coach directly <laughs> representing your university? I mean, when when the when it all when the initial incident occurred, and this was already after having a first initial incident, <laughs> so an initial initial incident. So after the second incident <laughs> occurred, um, it was like the first after the first time the first incident, we both sat here going, "All right, this is this is a fixable issue." It's not an, a, a not a good thing that it happened by any means, but there are plenty of things in place that th- there are plenty of resources that can uh, be utilized in this situation to better educate a person. Um, especially, you know, a person as old as Huggins, they, 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 there are things that can be done. Where it's like, okay, you, you said some very, very poor choice, poor words, and offended some communities. Um, here's how we can make this better. Here's how you can make this better. Um, but if you screw up again, you're probably out of here. Um, and then the second thing happened <laughs> that is even more so inexcusable because people could have died. And very fortunate that no one did. Um, so um, as soon as that, that news broke, we both were like, yep, he's gone. You, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He is gone. Whether he is straight up fi- fired, whether he is forced to resign, whatever, whatever way you want to pretty it up, he is no longer going to be the head coach after this. Um, and then naturally, he, he, he releases a statement on Twitter regarding his actions and we all saw it it's documented but it's no longer there that he was resigned the statement said <laughs> on twitter formerly known the, the site formerly known as twitter um that he is resigning And then, of course, the university put out their statement that they had accepted the resignation. Um, but my my thought from the as soon as that happened, as soon as he was, uh, as soon as it was clear that he was gone, it was you've done this before. You have literally done this exact same thing before at a previous university. It's what got him fired from Cincinnati, the greatest basketball coach in the history of the university, mm-hmm. and they had. I, I don't. I'm not aware of this happening prior to that, that incident back in like 2004 or five or whatever it was. So Cincinnati basically said, "All right, you're done. Mm-hmm. No second chance. No nothing. Get out of here." West Virginia gave him a second chance, and he still messed it up. Yeah. So my my immediate thought was, you do something like this, you don't 
deserve a second chance. You don't deserve, in this case, a third chance. You, you made a very poor decision. <laughs> very, very, very poor decision. Um, and you could have just as easily had someone drive you, had, uh, be it a friend, an Uber, a Lyft, a taxi. This is a decision that is, you were three times the legal limit, and your daughter decides, oh, he just he takes cans to the local recycling, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. But that doesn't excuse away three times the legal limit uh, when you're driving. That you, that you can't just magically explain away by uh, – with the evidence of – a bunch of cans in the back seat uh, while also, you know, not knowing where you're at. Alleged, uh, apparently he thought he was in Ohio. And didn't he try to complete a, a, a three-point turn with a flat tire? Yes, if I recall properly. So, you know, his daughter puts it out as if it's some hit job. It's like, no, no, you, your, your father was just an idiot. Um, and after all this, my immediate stance was, I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter. It literally does not matter who you are. I don't care if you're one of the most beloved figures this university has had. That ends now. You no longer deserve to represent this university or its people or me. Because of this decision. A decision that could have killed people. And if you did kill somebody, then it would be an entirely different story. And the people defending you, well, they might need to rethink their morals. Well, I'll say this. If he had killed someone, he would never have lasted that Saturday as head coach. When the mm-hmm. news broke that that event happened, mm-hmm. it would have been a statement from the university saying he's out. Yeah. If he had killed someone, he would never have lasted until he did. They would have straight up fired him. No resigning, no nothing. Here is your pink slip, sir. Leave Mm -hmm. this university and do not ever come back. Yeah, you don't you don't get the 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 dignity with that, and you should. On frankly, you shouldn't have gotten any shred of dignity from uh, or sympathy from how it happened to begin with. So then, this all the lawsuits uh, or whatever. Deciding that, oh, I never resigned and blah, 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 maybe a wrongful termination or something. Well, think of it from the from a perspective here, an HR perspective, a marketing perspective, not a PR perspective. I mean, um, all of these perspectives, you are painting the university in a bad light. Supposedly, he was driving a university vehicle as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, if, if I do properly recall, I might be misremembering this, but I feel like I recall it being a university vehicle oh, as well. That's even more embarrassing. But nevertheless, you are a university employee, a West Virginia state employee by extension. The highest and, paid employee in the state of West Virginia, and, mind you. Exactly. Even after a salary reduction. You are representing... One well, it's the last uh, almost two million people yeah, we'll in the call census. It that. Almost yeah. two million people and an entire university's worth of graduates and alumni. You are harming that reputation. You are you are you are that's not acting in good faith. You are doing every apparently you're doing everything in your power to put a black mark on this university. That in any contract, I don't care. I don't again. I don't care who you are. In any contract, 
That is avoiding contract. That gets you fired. That's conduct unbecoming. Exactly. You know what this sounds like? I know you're not a big country radio person, mm-hmm. but there's a song out right now. It's called If You Go Down, I'm Going Down Too. That's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. If I go down, you're going down too. Like, okay, fine. I, I, okay. You, you're sending me out. Well, guess what? You're coming down with me. That's exactly yep. what it is. And, and I, I share mostly the same comments you had, although I am not as fancy at the university as you are for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, my thing is that, look, I, I, I don't drink for a legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. It's not that I am, oh my God, I am, I am so far in my like religion that I cannot drink, even though I really shouldn't be if you're according to my religion, but that's not why I do it. Cause I have had liver surgery and I choose to protect my liver. So I and because of that, and seeing what drunk people have a tendency to do, I generally frown on getting. I generally frown on consumption of alcohol in general. Now I obviously understand social occasions. I, I'm not. If you go out and not, uh, you have a beer or two mm-hmm. at at a, at a bar or something like that, I am not going to scold you because I would have scolded you a million times by now. I've seen how much <laughs> you drink, but. I don't generally look very well upon it. So when I see he's doing this, I'm like, first of all, you shouldn't be doing it after after what happened. Secondly, you should know better. You mm-hmm. just we just went over this a month ago prior to this. I'm sorry, but recruiting was over. Sit your ass down in your in your house and don't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not hard. Go find a lake somewhere and go fishing. Do something. Don't go to Pittsburgh in a university vehicle and get drunk. It's not hard. And and my and also to note that a Taylor Swift concert was going on at that time. So there were tens of thousands of people packed into that area, more than the audio in Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, if you've ever been there, is a fairly crowded city mm-hmm. with roads that are not meant for driving. Nope. <laughs> So, all in all, was just a it was a bad decision on Bob Huggins' part. Let's just mm-hmm. face it. So, let we, we've gotten through the initial thing here, and and my I I guess the next step is to unpack the whether the hell he actually resigned or not, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I mean neither of us are law experts, but we both saw the statement, we both read it, we probably shared it to each other. Someone did, I've forgotten because I went to cast that day. I was still. I was still inhaling steamboat mode smoke at that point when I, when I when this came out. So like, okay, um, I don't remember like who shared what or who whatever, but we both saw the statement. But I'm going to go ultra conspiracy theory here. I don't believe what I'm saying, but I wanted to just look this out there as a <laughs> as a reasonable possibility. Okay, mm-hmm. it's known that he met with the team after. Uh, like right before the announcement got made, right? That is known. That is undisputed yes. fact. Yes, I do believe that is true. Okay, we don't know what was said in that team meeting. No one has spoken about what happened in that team meeting. So let me just float this out there as wild, crazy speculation. Could it be 
that he walked in there and said, guys, they're going to fire me. They've made their minds up, but I'm not leaving you. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to get myself fixed, but stay this. See where this all goes. I'll be back. Let's go run the table in the Big 12 this year. It's we don't know that wasn't said. Mm-hmm. And let's and remember this: the NCAA gave each and every player on that roster that was eligible 30 days to leave the program. Yeah, that coaching search took a little longer than I thought it would, but they didn't leave until like the last little bit. The guys who did leave. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were thinking, okay, let's just hold it out. Let's see what Huggins does. And then there may have been some people who are like, you know what? I don't care if he does come back. I want this kind of drama. I'm out. I don't believe what I just said. <laughs> but I, it's, it's, as you were fond of saying, a non-zero chance it happens. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. Yeah, he, he could have he apparently I mean, it's pretty obvious at, at this point that he genuinely believed he was keeping his job like he genuinely believed that he could sit there, do what he's do this lawsuit stuff and basically say, yeah, he's going to have his job back um, as if, you know, everything's just peachy keen and, and he can't just be fired anyway, like. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't resign. Well, then you're fired. I mean, that's the solution, right? Like, okay, so, fine. Like, uh, frankly, why that hasn't just straight up been said at this point, anyway? Like, I don't know because, I mean, if you're Win Baker or you're Gordon Gee or you're anybody else who's in power and who might have a say in this situation, and you just let him steamroll you, I want you out of the university. I don't care if Win Baker just got here. If he let if he has a say against this and chooses not to. I don't want him associated with the university either. I want him and Guy or anybody else out if they don't make it, if they don't effectively make it impossible for, for Hugs to come back because well, he doesn't deserve to come back. Well, funny you say that because I just gave Guy a nice fat contract extension yesterday. Well, all right then. Even another three years at the helm. So, so it just, you know. There are some who believe that Huggins' entire move is because he wants his buyout. He doesn't actually intend to coach the team. He just wants his buyout. Mm-hmm. And I would say this. West Virginia University has made no secret of the fact that it is having to try to stretch every dollar it has. They're combining departments. They're doing everything they can to make the university a more lean institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, uh, they'll – doing an overview or like an audit of a bunch of programs um, as well to just not necessarily to cut them, but to ensure that they're running as efficiently as they can be. Um, a lot of the engineering programs and things of that sort, more than just them, but, you know, considering West Virginia is a big in engineering, um, mm-hmm. that says something. Um, not that it isn't expected that anything will be cut. It, you know, it just is, you know, if they're not doing poor, well enough and, and they're in this audit, then maybe they could be. Um, so they're doing that. Uh, yeah, they're doing the, the consolidating of certain colleges within the university. Um, so 
they they haven't fired Neil Brown, so <laughs> here, here, here's the point I'm getting at. Here's the point I'm getting at. You're the highest paid employee in the state of West Virginia. Therefore, you are the highest paid employee of West Virginia University, or at least you were. Mm-hmm. It, if you really believe that you deserve that buyout, fine. I get it. But if you're going to sit here and tout that all you want is the best for the university, they can probably find ways to spend that money that don't involve athletics. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying, if you're talking about good at the university, that might mean taking a pay cut here, my guy, and just leaving. Yeah. You probably got the money unless you ran your whole household flat broke. In which case, that's on you, bro. Uh-huh. Because here's the thing. We got to find a way to hire a new basketball coach. If it doesn't work out, we got to find a way to pay Neil Brown's buyout in, in like four months. So mm-hmm. we're going to get all that cash. Yep. And then you got to pay the next college football coach. And those guys aren't exactly cheap. So. Nope. Yeah. Speaking of college football, football once again drives the whole of the college athletics world because it added another school in the Big 12, Colorado, and their, in their uh, shall we say, Maverick head coach, Deion Sanders, are heading to the Big 12 next year. So, before we get into what this could possibly, what, what damn, this could possibly burst, and I say possibly mm-hmm. knowing full well it will burst at some point, what are we to make of Colorado joining the Big 12? It gets into 13 after a Texas Oklahoma leave by, mm-hmm. uh, but they're looking to add one more. But before we get to that, let's just, what, what about Colorado? Do you even care? Not particularly, but I'm not against it. I mean, Colorado was in the Big 12 before, so they're back. But also, you, you, you are bringing in Deion Sanders. If that's not an attraction for people to come watch Big 12 games, then I guess I don't know what is. Um, so like Imagine, who, if I would have told someone like who was watching Deion in his prime, and I would have, like, WVU fan, I'm like, okay, this is going to happen in, like, 20 years. He's going to be coaching Colorado. West Virginia's going to be in the Big 12, and they're going to come here as a conference game. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what? Oh, huh. and by the way, but, oh, and by the way, before they do that, Colorado's in the Big 12 at that point. Uh, they're going to leave the Pac-12 for, like, a decade, then come back. <laughs> Oklahoma yeah. and Texas are going to be in the SEC. <laughs> It's going to be in the ACC, but you're not going to be invited again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just the 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 multitude, the multitude of minds that will be blown by that statement is just incredible. They'll be like, excuse me, wait, say that again? Let me, uh, let me write that down. I need to keep my timeline of events straight. Yeah. I go, okay, can you give me a year on that? I know what to expect. <laughs> I'm with you, though. I mean, I, I okay, like Colorado is home. Okay, I I actually am for it on that point. It almost it almost passes for wholesome in college football nowadays. <laughs> because that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But I will view this as a failure if they go after Arizona. I don't give a shit about Arizona's basketball program. <laughs> I truly don't. I know it's good, but their football program is not. It's and football drives the bus. <sighs> mm-hmm. You got a good basketball team, that is simply a bonus at this point. Yeah. 
There is only one school the Big 12 should even think about going after, and that is the University of Utah. Mm -hmm. Go get Utah. Because you don't, don't, don't tell me that this isn't attractive for you. BYU and Utah hate each other. That is called the Holy War. It's what they call their rivalry game. Mm -hmm. I want that to be a Big 12 conference game. Yeah. I want that to be played on Thanksgiving weekend, BYU and Utah. That is perfect. And then you add Colorado there. You've got like the Western three, West Virginia, UCF, and Cincinnati are the Eastern three, and then the Big 12, the rest is in the middle. That's yeah. perfect. That is perfection. That is, you cannot get any better. Utah is good in football, and they probably aren't, they're not that great in basketball. They can probably become good in basketball. And if they're not, hey, free win for West Virginia. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So do this. I don't give a damn about the Arizona schools. They bring nothing to the table except Phoenix. And I know we're playing for media markets now, but my God, forget about Phoenix. Forget about it. I don't care how big it is. Freaking forget about it. Get me Utah and get it now. Rivalries sell. I mean, it's simple as that. You would actually be you would be getting so much positive publicity for not only killing the Pac-12, as if they're not already dead already. Mm-hmm. They still can't get a media deal. They can't even get numbers for a media deal. <laughs> they met yesterday and all they did was give them like some half half baked estimate of what Apple might do. <laughs> they got nothing. So you would actually be creating a conference a creating a conference rivalry instead of killing one. You would be reversing every trend conference realignment has ever done. Mm-hmm. You would be creating so much positive force behind your conference for the whole of the college football watching public. The people in the SEC, uh, okay, SEC aside, they'll do their own thing. They, they, they truly don't care about anyone else but them. But the people in the Big Ten would probably be like, okay, I'm a Northwestern fan. My team is awful. It's going to be awful for a while now that Pat Fitzgerald has been fired. Uh that's fun that they have Utah and BYU as a conference game. I'm going to watch that. That's a rivalry. They hate each other. That would be that would be fun. Like really, I don't know what the hesitation is. Brett Yormark has yet to make a bad move in the Big 12 as Big 12 commissioner. Well, the YM underwhelmed by UCF and Houston, should be told. I really am. I love BYU being in the same conference as West Virginia. I truly love it. But UCF and Houston, I could do without. But whatever, it's not a bad move. Uh, if he doesn't go get Utah, it is a bad move. And I will, but if the next time they announce the team, if it's not the Utah Utes, if we're on air, if we're doing this show when that happens, I will come on here and I will chastise him. You can write that down. <laughs> I will chastise the Big 12 commissioner for not going after Utah harder. Or I'll chastise Utah for being loyal to a crumbling conference when they could have left for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just, it doesn't make any sense what anyone stands to gain by latching on to a conference that no one's gave a shit about in, as I don't know, since... The entire playoff era after Oregon <laughs> and Florida State that first playoff. Yeah. It's like I haven't, 
I haven't given two cares about it since I basically started watching football, and that was and that that was when they were really good, and then yeah. that was it. Like, oh, they have the Heisman Trophy winner, and mm -hmm. I don't care. It's like now it's he's like Lincoln okay. Riley's quarterback. He's halfway. He if you're Lincoln Riley's quarterback, you've got one hand on the Heisman when you walk on campus. Uh huh. For whatever freaking reason, guy can't get you anywhere else, but he'll get you a personal achievement. Mm -hmm. He'll get you a, a starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. Two teams that are probably going to fight it out for the last pick, for the first pick in the draft next year. <laughs> uh, it's like he'll he'll get you a trophy and you'll probably get money, but you ain't getting anything else from there. And you know, that's fine. I guess money. Yeah, I'll take some money for doing yeah. basically nothing. Uh, yeah. Hey, the backup quarterback is best best position in football, right? Uh huh. I, I get there to stand around and do nothing. There's a whole joke TV series on it. There is. Blue Mountain State. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Granted, this was still college, but the point was being is that, the, guy wanted, be ba the guy wanted to be a back. The guy wanted to be a backup. That's with nil. Yeah. Uh, hey, <laughs> I can sit here and do nothing, and I still get nil money. <laughs> uh. <sighs> okay, so you kind of already touched on it. I, I know you're not like me, and you don't have like your hand on like what is the pulse of college athletics, like I do. Mm -hmm. But I, I just want to ask you, if you were Oregon and Washington, you had the chance to go to the Big 12 or the Big 10. But you ain't saying the Pac-12. You can't run. You have to leave. Yeah. Where do you go? It is very, yeah, that is very interesting. Um, hmm. Mm hmm. The Big 10 probably gives you more money. Yeah. The Big 12 is really hot right now. Yeah. It's like the the Big Ten. It's it's yeah. It's very it's very tough. You you stand more of a chance to get somewhere if you're in the Big Twelve simply because of I believe I, at this point I believe once once Oklahoma and Texas are gone and I in general it's going to be it's going to look like a relatively balanced conference. I mean even even last season after Texas and Oklahoma were being whatever they were, it looked more relatively balanced. Um, except for but, TCU at the top. Except for TCU. But but that was still a change. Like, that oh, was yeah, a that change was that made this conference... I, I can't stand the Big 12, uh, but I'm... But that made it me excited to actually care about what was happening in it, because it wasn't just Oklahoma uh, or Texas doing whatever, and then fumbling the bag at the end and not doing anything with it. At least TCU got up there and made it to a national title game. They got and obliterated in the, the bag there. They, they got obliterated in the process, but they made it to the natty. They didn't get first rounded in the college football playoffs four years in a row. I'm going to laugh if Texas and or Oklahoma makes an expanded playoff and gets bounced in the first round. Mm -hmm. I am going to laugh so hard. I don't care if they sneak in as the last seed and lose to number mm -hmm. one. I'm still laughing. Yeah. It's hard for me to decide on what I want to see more. Them not even making the playoffs or seeing them make the playoffs and get obliterated every time. It, it was like it was I like when Cincinnati... missing because I would get to watch the, the, the media debate about the burning house that is these two programs. True. It, it's like it, I, I, 
I liken it to seeing Cincinnati get first rounded in the playoffs for, you know, 10 years straight, despite going, oh, they're so dang good this year. Is this the year they take it all? First rounded by Andy Dalton. And then my boy Joe Burrow comes in like, none of that stuff. Uh -uh, (laughs) Joe Burrow says, wait a minute. I don't do that around here. No, no. We're going (laughs) going to the AFC Championship game, son. Mm -hmm. To your point about the Big 12, and I know I'm kind of getting back to, I'm kind of preventing you from answering the question, but I do want, this is actually a conversation worth having uh, outside of that because it actually does kind of fill into what you just said. Uh, Is you and I have the belief that the Big 12 being like an old Big East where anyone can take it is good. Mm-hmm. Yet everyone in college football seems to think that's not the case. Like, I would rather have a team that is 12-0 and then everyone else finishes 8-4 and than I would have a bunch of teams finishing 9-3. and Someone makes 10-2. and Maybe. Why can't people get it through their heads <clears throat> that if – like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We love in the NFL – that when teams go nine and eight or eight and nine, yep. we love parody, man. I felt we think it's so great. The NFL has spent years getting to a point where, in a perfect world, everyone goes nine and eight or eight and nine. Yet we frown on that in college sports. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that not accepted? Why is it not that? Wh- why can't we have teams like, oh, this conference is wide mm-hmm. open and that's great? Because every time you see a conference wide open, everyone goes, oh, that, that poor league, they're not going to They have no chance. There's no mm-hmm. – that, that, why are they even playing it if it's so wide open? What the, what the hell is the point? The point's for being fun. I don't know what poll got yeah. stuck up your ass, but I suggest you remove it. <laughs> it's like there's nothing fun about a, a team running through their conference and, and being undefeated, not making it anywhere meaningful afterwards, and then claiming the, uh, an unrightful uh, national title. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I wonder who, the, who did that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's like there's nothing fun in that. Yes, it's a nice meme for a minute, but there's nothing truly fun in that. There's there's nothing really fun about watching Alabama steamroll everybody and then it, like the nail like the status quo. I like when the status quo is challenged. I liked seeing Alabama get effectively punching bagged and someone else take over the reins for the last couple of years. It has been fun. I respect everything Alabama and Nick Saban does, but it's been fun to see things, someone actually challenge them and take the reins and say, it's my league now. So, okay, so let's just point this up against the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan is the Big Ten along with Penn State. Mm-hmm. But after that, Maryland, average, bang, <laughs> bang average. Michigan State, on a good year, they're 9-3. and three. In a good mm-hmm. year, and they Illinois- still fumble it in the in the in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa, the most boring team in the sport. Mm-hmm. They win, but they're the most boring team in the sport. Northwestern is a doormat every year. Uh, let's see, Nebraska hasn't been relevant since like two thousand four. Uh, Minnesota, okay, good but not great. Uh, Rutgers is a doormat. Although mm-hmm. I think they're going to be better. Purdue, okay, but at, also, my point is that after Ohio State and Michigan, and then Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and USC, you, that's four if you include next year's Big Ten. That's 14 teams, right? The Big Ten gets to 14 or 16? 
think so, yeah. I still got 10 or 12 teams that are completely irrelevant in the national scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are going to scream to the top of their lungs how good the Big Ten is. It's not. It is you It is you all fight for the scraps while we take everything else. That's mm-hmm. not a competitive conference. That's not what you want. And if you do want it, I'd like to see your motivation. Show your work. Show me why you think this is a good thing. And your answer it better not be money or ratings. Because <laughs> if it is, I've got a train track you can stand on while I call the dispatcher and tell you when there's someone on the road, let's go on a train through here. <laughs> As if I knew a dispatcher. Ah, uh, you know, we might run into one one day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but seriously, what is the fun in that? What's the point? There is none. There's none. In the SEC, the SEC is getting better. Tennessee is really good. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is, is punching about the weight every year. Yep. Even freaking Vanderbilt is on the way up. Vanderbilt may actually go to a, a decent bowl game this year. It ain't just Alabama and Georgia. Mm-hmm. LSU, Dark Horse National Championship contender. Arkansas, pretty damn good. Florida, not quite there, but getting there. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, pretty good. You got a bunch of teams you that are say that about capable of going on runs and have gone on runs. And a lot of them did that last year. Who would have thought we'd see Tennessee as a number one seed or as, a, as, as the number one team in the country for even just a week? And then they get embarrassed. And, and then they get embarrassed. But dang it, if they didn't embarrass somebody else before, well, well nearly no, embarrassed. Well, and then it, they cut well, back. It, but it feels like embarrassing. It feels like embarrassed. Yeah. It's like the, it was it was more of a manhandling than you expect Alabama to get. Even even if it's a slight one, <laughs> like yeah, you don't expect that. No, and it was and again, that's that's fun. Like for me, I've I, I've been, I used to say the same thing about the SEC that we're effectively saying about the Big Ten right now is that it was two teams and everyone else was just dead fish at the bottom of the barrel, and that was it. But now they want a piece of that pie. And they'll and dang it if they ain't gonna go down fighting while trying. So I will ask you again, based on the conversation we just had, if you're Oregon and Washington, you get a chance to go. Where are you going? You go to someplace exciting. You go to the Big Twelve, which is weird because I've not wanted to not said that about the Big Twelve for the last few years. No, and can we just appreciate the fact that if they do, you'll have the. Oregon crowd, and you know what I mean by the Oregon crowd and the way mm. they swing politically. Mm. Going to Morgantown, West Virginia for a road game. <laughs> that will be entertainment in itself. Forget the game. I want to see how the crowd interacts. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Very interesting. Student, student section notwithstanding. Yeah. Yeah, the student section, it's, it's a whole other beast. <laughs> yeah. And confirm. (laughs) I say all this, though, as if West Virginia will be in the Big 12. Because there is a a rumor out there, and I stress rumor because no one's able to confirm this, that the ACC, when looking at ways to preserve itself, has actually mentioned West Virginia as an option. Not a very good option, but an option nonetheless. So, 
Darren, two questions for you. One, would you take the ACC right now? And number two, do you actually believe there is a chance the ACC wants West Virginia? Or do you think this is just in the early stages of literally any school is on the table? They would take Concord if they, if they thought they could get them. <laughs> um, it's... I feel like obviously it comes down to would it make them any money to do so? I mean, a conference uh, is it gonna is it gonna be a financial victory for them? Um, I wouldn't be convinced it would be. Uh, obviously, geographically and with the teams that they have ties to, it makes sense. But at the with the state of the West Virginia football program, it is. I don't think it stands to make them anything in the long, or even, at least in the short term, but I don't know about the long term either. I don't the know bas- where this program's going. The basketball program lost a lot of its luster too. I mean, mm-hmm. you would have had Huggins walking into yeah. like Coach K ain't there, Jim Beheim ain't there, Roy yeah. Williams ain't there. Huggins could have been the run of the rule of the basketball room, but yeah. that ain't happening anymore. And you've got uh, an, a really good baseball team. I mean, the ACC's got some damn good teams, um, but as far as that stands, that doesn't really make you money. Um, in fact, most of the time it hemorrhages money. Uh, so I, I feel like it's a, hey, here's an option that technically makes sense, but I don't know if it makes sense in any other way. I'm uh, still for them being in the ACC because I still believe that's what it makes sense. But do I actually see it happening? Probably not. I'll go to something that I have said on this show many times, and I will echo it until it either becomes it either becomes reality or it becomes physically impossible to make reality. The ACC needs to make this move. Make Notre Dame a full-time member and then go get West Virginia to make an even number. That's the move. Because you can actually say, okay, we're going to get national with Notre Dame. But we need another team to make this thing even. We're going to go get West Virginia. Yes, it may not. There's nothing. There's no TV. The only thing you've got in West Virginia is you've got about one million at one point eight million, who will probably buy whatever streaming service you throw in front of us to watch the Mountaineers. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> you don't get a big TV market. You don't get anything like that. But you get loyalty. But if you couple us in the same thing as Notre Dame, you can kind of let us find on the radar. Like, yeah, okay, we're at because everyone will be talking about the ACC got Notre Dame, the ACC got Notre Dame, and yep. you don't face as many questions about, well, why did you get West Virginia? <laughs> yeah, you actually allow us to sneak in under the radar, which we're good at. We don't do well in the spotlights on us, but we do well when we're not being talked about. So go get the Irish, and then go get us in the same vein. But there's also a problem with that because the base, the ACC and the Big 12 both have grant of rights media agreements that run in the, that run until like 2031. Mm-hmm. For West Virginia to break from the Big 12 where it cost it millions of dollars, like tens of if not hundreds of millions of dollars, you would have to be a substantial upgrade from the ACC. As in, they went to ESPN and Fox and said, look, we're going to add Notre Dame. And we're going to add West Virginia. Show me some new numbers. 
The Pac-12 is dead. You don't even have to look at them. The Big Ten did its own thing with, with NBC and CBS. You've got the Big 12, and you've got, like, no premier names. We have Notre Dame. Let's make this work. That's the only – and it has to come out substantially more than the Big 12. It has to be like – it can't be 30.01 million to the Big 12's 30 million. It has to be, like, I would say 10 mm-hmm. million plus. Yeah. I mean, I think – the Big 12 was hovering around uh, hovering around 45, 40 to 45 million for their schools, like dosing out to their schools. So, yeah, you'd be you'd be put talking 50 million at least. 50 to 50 to 55 million. That's and that's a lot to ask. Uh-huh. And that's got to be a really big number because the more you distribute it the there's going to be more money in that pot if you're going to give $50 million to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and the conference for us to run it and do it something, you got conference employees to pay as well. Can't just get all the schools. Someone's got to pay the payroll of the ACC office. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, and considering the ACC went to the CW as their newest TV partner, I'm going to say they ain't getting $30 million from the from the CW to, to add on to the ESPN stuff. Nope. I mean, who who goes to the CW to watch any sport? I, I, I when you I, hear CW, I, I hear like the Wendy Williams show or something. I will. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what she was. Because of Live Golf being at the Greenbrier, for two reasons. I want to see the golf course, mm-hmm. and I want to watch my favorite one of my favorite broadcasters, Arlo White. That's it. That's the only reason I would even think about turning on the CW at all is to watch Live Golf. And I'm not even that big a Live Golf guy. I just want to see the Greenbrier and Arlo White. That's literally it. And by the way, Florida State is looking at leaving the ACC. If they go, sorry, the whole conference is going down too. Because Florida State is one of the pillars. If Florida State leaves Clemson leaves, if you lose those two, it's game over. Yeah. Let us move on to the National Football League. And I want to start out with something that's kind of, it's not necessarily old news because it's still, it's still a problem if you believe those involved. But it's not a huge problem to be told. It's just they're making it out to be. And if those running backs believe they are not paid enough, despite the fact that the average for the franchise tag, which is the average when you position, mm-hmm. is $10.1 million a year. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'd love to make 10 grand, ten million a year. I'd mm-hmm. like, I, I would take 10 grand if someone gave it to me right now. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, my, my, the question is, who, who, whose side do you fall on on the mm-hmm. running backs believing they should be paid more than the NFL going or the NFL going such amount in play? I I am I, I I see both sides of it. One, you're in a as a running back, you're in an extremely expendable position. It, what you push 27 and they start calling you old and and you're on your last legs so who's going to who's going to replace you who's your backup better get him suited up um so naturally you want to 
pull out as much money as you can from the billionaires that be. But because you're so expendable, every, I mean, every time you turn around, you got a running back that wants a new contract or forces himself or forces himself to be trade, uh, traded or anything of that sort. And the guy behind him blows his stats out of the water from the year before and goes, well, then why the, uh, was it Le'Veon Bell? When he left, James Conner took over and I was like, oh, I, apparently the Steelers didn't need Le'Veon Bell. Huh? And then now, and then James Conner dipped. <laughs> and then I don't know who they was after Najee James Conner, but yeah, Najee Harris. So it's like when you, when you've got such a high turnover, it kind of show, it, it, it kind of proves why it, it kind of proves why they shouldn't pay you that much. But uh, from the player standpoint, you, again, you want as much money for being as versatile and effective and, and, important to some of these offenses um christian mccaffrey for example that 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 panthers offense well before he you know, went to 49ers and then of course when he went to the 49ers those offenses were entirely different with and without him on the field he was effectively the guy that won the games <laughs> but and then so, so they want they, so in an effort they deserve that money but also, because you you've got such a short lifespan as a as a in the position, we shouldn't pay you. So, but it, I think the main killer here, the main I want to say a dull course, but isn't really a dull course because it's it's staring us in the face that making us question it all the time, or the or the quarterbacks. Maybe don't pay your quarterback seventy million dollars a year, and that running back can get a little bit a, a little bit bigger piece of that pie. Because those running backs do put so much on their shoulders, especially with the increase in dual threat running backs as uh, you know, catching out of the backfield and everything like that. Yeah, M Maybe divide the piece of the pot. Quarterbacks, obviously, they're the field generals. They're the ones that, that everyone builds an offense around. But it's becoming increasingly obvious that a quarterback is nothing Without the guys around him. So maybe pay the guys around him too. And considering I told you this when Saquon Barkley was getting it. Mm -hmm. When we found out that the league, what the, what the league average was, what the franchise tag was, like 10.1 billion. Yeah. I said, look, you're not getting a, ten, you're not getting a $10 million raise. You're not going to $20 million a year. So nope. you want single digit millions in terms of difference where mm -hmm. you are and what the Giants want to pay you. Yeah, and I threw five million now. Like, okay, let's say he wants to get to fifteen million, which I think is actually what he wanted. I think pretty much everything I said came to fruition. Pretty much, pretty much it did. <laughs> and I said, just meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about a, a double, a single digit million dollar difference, if the team can't find a way to negotiate around that, then they have a problem. And if you can't take it as a player, you have a bigger problem. Yeah, meet in the middle. And I that would be twelve and a half. They gave Saquon $11 million and they gave him a $2 million bonus. 13. Mm -hmm. $500,000 is not, it's chump change. I'm talking about like what the grand scheme of thing is. They basically did the exact same deal I said. Yeah. If it, you're running back, take note. You mm -hmm. can find ways to make extra money. Saquon Barkley is pivotal to the Giants' success this year. Mm -hmm. he, he, knew, he knew he was in a losing battle and he took the best deal he can get. 
you're not going to get 20 million. You're not going to get, you probably won't even get 17. Just take it and run. Okay. Yeah. Just take it and run because you are in the most expendable position in sports, not just in the NFL, in sports. There's a reason we have a term running back by committee. Yeah. And there's a reason that term is not frowned upon. There's a, fr- let's just go, let's compare it to another position. Let's play for quarterbacks. What's the old saying? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. That's a mm-hmm. problem if you have two quarterbacks. If you have a running back by a committee, that's generally seen as acceptable. There are obviously ways you can improve that circumstance, but it's not a death sentence if you have to go running back by committee. Yeah. Hell, the Shane Steichen, the new head coach of the Colts, he was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia last year. They went running back by committee, made a Super Bowl, and now he's got Jonathan Taylor wanting more money. It's like, dude, the head coach here has proven he can do things without having a workhorse running back. You really don't need to go making yourself that much more spendable than you already are. Exactly. Here's here's the here's the thing that that also ties into all this. When you when you're guys like Saquon Barkley and Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, just to throw all these names out here who have who who have either replaced or been replaced by guys, and you're wanting this money, they you're big enough. Alexa. My bad, my Alexa decided to go dumb and start <laughs> talking, and it wouldn't shut up. Um, <clears throat> okay, we we back into my point. When you are Saquon Barkley or James Connor or Le'Veon Bell, and you want all this extra money, you are a big enough name at this point to anybody who watches the NFL sponsorships are going to be lining up to pay you money. I'm looking at a Forbes article right now. Saquon Barkley had deals with Pepsi, Toyota, and Visa. And I guarantee you they were paying him a hefty amount. I should hope so. Yes. So you can't, you, you can play many more people for this money that you want. Yes, your employer is the NFL. You should probably squeeze some money out of them. I, 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 I want you to squeeze money out of them. Let's just be real. But you have to look at all your other avenues. Look at Rob Gronkowski, for example. <laughs> Lived off of endorsements. Might still live off of endorsements. <laughs> he didn't might touch, if, didn't, didn't touch his salary. Yeah, so... You've got these avenues. You, if you're an agent and you aren't trying to find these avenues for these players, you're not doing your job properly. No. And you should be fired. Because, I mean, obviously, you're trying to make some money too. That's why you're doing this. That's why you're chasing these $300 million contracts for quarterbacks and, and for half a billion dollar quarter, uh, contracts for quarterbacks is you want a big chunk of that pie that he's going to owe you for getting it. Unless you're Lamar Jackson who gets unless you're, penny. Unless you're Lamar Jackson who laughs and then says, hey, now for that, I, I, I commend him. 
and that might be the only time I can. It might be the only, yeah, I was gonna say, when do you ever do that? But but he got that money on his own. <laughs> so there were other avenues. There there were other avenues, and it, it's time to just figure that out. I mean, you you can make that money, and at this point, when you're already a multi-millionaire. What what really is two or three hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, effectively, in the case of Saquon Barkley, when you're probably making another five million from those endorsements? It's nothing. Yet it's perceived as everything, and mm-hmm. it really shouldn't be. Yeah. It's like there there is a line. I I I am a strong proponent of getting your money, but there is a line that has to be that that has to be drawn. Especially when it comes to a league that caps the amount of money a team can spend on you. Right. I mean, if this is the NBA, or, or actually the NBA has a salary cap, but also has a luxury tax. If this is baseball, which has no salary cap, if you're a team that can spend, go get the bag. But you mm-hmm. know, and here's the thing, for, particularly for Jonathan Taylor, who's asking for a contract now, dude, everyone's already spent their money. Yeah. Like, the time to do this was in like March. <laughs> yeah. Not now. And here's the thing. You've reported to camp. You can't leave. Mm-hmm. If you leave, you get blacklisted. If you leave, they will put you on the non-football injury list, and they won't owe you a. They will not owe you a dime. Which, by the way, it came out the calls were thinking about doing that anyway, just out of spite. <laughs> Jim Marissa, the Colts owner, said it best: that if I die tonight, and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league. No one, will, no one will miss us. The league rolls on, mm-hmm. and he is exactly right. He, he here's, let's see, what what are Jonathan Taylor's stats for last year? Let's see. He, he missed like six games last yeah. year. Yeah. So, yeah, he had, he played eleven games, hundred ninety two carries, eight hundred and sixty one yards rushing, forty yards receiving. No, sorry, 40 targets, 143 yards receiving. They the 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 columns were not aligned. He had seven uh, he, he had four rushing touchdowns last year. I I get it, 2021 was was a phenomenal year for you, but last year was well literally your worst of your of your career, of your three year career. Plus, you're coming off of an injury. Uh, tell me where you deserve to be sitting here whining about a contract. Doesn't. If you wanted that bag, you get it after 21. Yeah. I don't know who his agent was, but someone led you the wrong way, son. Mm-hmm. Like, at this, like this is a perfect case of cry about it. I'm I'd like to take a the exact quote out of Archer, uh, cry, cry about it, because you screwed up. <laughs> That's on you for not owning the money after 21, and going, hey, not let's only that, talk. But he did it after he saw all his fellow running backs get basically to- like basically laughed at. Like, what makes you think you're so mm-hmm. special? Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley gets franchise tagged and, and doesn't get given a con uh, a contract until last week, and then you go, oh, it's my turn now. Josh Jacobs <laughs> carried the freaking Oakland, uh, Oakland, 
Las Vegas Raiders doesn't still doesn't have a contract as far as I'm aware. Not like, yeah, that I in fact I'm I might be uh uh implanting memories into my brain, but I I feel like they might have even NFI'd him, but but I but might have been talks about it. That may have been. Uh but I do I probably am just thinking, oh, I saw NFI list for somebody and I'm immediately applying it to him. But the point is I don't think he's got a contract either. Right. Let's see here. Yep, he's still holding out. McDaniels talked about it yesterday. And I'm just gonna say this. Uh one of his owners now is Tom Brady. Yeah, that's actually a thing. Tom Brady owns a stake of the Raiders. Um, you're, you're kind of in Patriots West. Don't push your luck with them actually giving in to you. Like, the Raiders are the, quote-unquote, poorest franchise in the NFL. With the, quote-unquote, poorest owner. Primary owner. Mm-hmm. And the co-owner, head coach... Several position coaches and probably the GM are all Patriots guys. Yeah, they've been ingrained to just move on to the next guy. You're not special. They will move on. Yep. Since you brought up quarterbacks, though, that actually leads us right into our next point. We covered two of these things when it happened uh, in season three because they just happened to be when it happened. Uh, but Justin Herbert is the newest paid, is the new newest highest paid quarterback in the highest paid player in the game. Of course, the quarterback. Uh, let's see here. How much money did he make? Uh, I Justin Herbert's salary. Okay, fifty two two hundred sixty two. And a half million dollar over five year extension, fifty two and a half million per year. Mm-hmm. He becomes the third different player to have this, to be the highest paid quarter, highest paid player in the league this offseason alone. And depending on when the Bengals sign Joe Burrow, he may not have it for all that long. So the question I have for you is this: What do you make of the? What do you make of the uh, three different quarter uh, players being so highly paid, and particularly Justin Herbert? I I'll say what I said the last two. I'd be I'd be fine with it if it were people who genuinely deserved it, who actually had something to back it up. Simple like a a, a Super Bowl loss. And uh, any nothing else after that for Jalen Hurts? Whoop de doo! Literally nothing but one playoff victory for Lamar Jackson. Why? Uh, a weirdly embarrassing loss to what, what to to Las Vegas or something two years ago? Mm-hmm. Or I, something weird? Am I misremembering that weird game? You're misremembering a weird game. 
The Chargers but, blew that 27-point uh, lead to the Jaguars ah, yes. in, in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. That actually is going to be my beef with this. So please yeah. continue because I want to unload. So you, there was an argument made in the MLB regards by a former graduate, uh, uh, a co graduate student, you know, a fellow graduate student of mine when I was in that, you know, would argue that he also made the argument for, for uh, Matt Stafford at the point with, at the time with the lions that, uh, and I think at that point, Rice Harper had just signed his massive deal. Uh, um, Why'd my at, night by at, bringing that guy up? As I remember it because of how much you hate him. Uh, and the, the only, the only thing that made any sense to me out of all of it, that he, that he had said, because he is wildly into the realm of the, of sports far deeper than I am. And at least on the equivalent level of you as you, mm. um, uh, the and opponent. he, he made the, uh, the point that these players are of some of the higher importance in, in the teams they are they are being paid by which at the in the case of Matt Stafford at the time was true he was about the only thing that was <laughs> keeping the lions in any way relevant despite how bad they were um and that's about that's about where that ends for me i understand that these te- that these players that these singular players are important but so are every other player that you that you're building around them and as I said earlier, if you pay these guys this record-breaking amount of money, where's the money for everybody else that's supposed to be supporting him? That's where it com- that's what always ends in problems. And it has ended in problems every time someone gets paid massively and the team suffers the next year, and we all wonder why. The exception being number 15 in Kent. Exactly. The only exception being him, who now has two Super Bowls and... MVP and his MVPs to his name. Can I, can I also bring up a stat I heard today about him? Mm-hmm. He has never played a road playoff game. Not once has he played mm-hmm. a road playoff game. He has never not been in the AFC championship game. Wild. I, did, I was watching NFL Network's training camp coverage today, and I heard that in my mind was instantly blown. I was like, wait. What? <laughs> but then I thought, like, you know what? You're right. He's I mean, it's always been in Kansas City. Yep. So, as I uh, to reiterate my 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 theme, get the bag. But neither of the three of them deserve it. The 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 owners, the coaches, everyone else got played. So kudos to them for doing for playing, um, but they don't deserve it by any means. Especially, especially not Justin Herbert. And, I, and that's not me saying that I don't respect his play and anything of that sort. I think he's he's doing uh, wonderful, but in is no he, way, in is, no way is he fifty million dollars wonderful. Is he a top ten quarterback in the league? He's certainly top half. <laughs> in top ten. But That's top like, 10. Uh, uh, maybe. 
Okay, the fact that you didn't universally say yes without even beginning to question it tells me he ain't worth that kind of money. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. That, that you're, I, I agree with you to a T. But let's – I have evidence. The last time he was on the field, his team blew a 27-point lead to the Jaguars in the playoffs. And I know what you're going to say. Well, he can't play defense – yeah, but if you go back and you watch that game, you remember that the only reason the Chargers were up is because the Jaguars caught the ball up on like every possession in the first half. Mm-hmm. They turned the ball over. They now, granted, there is something to be said about not screwing it up when you had the ball like the opponent's thirty yard line. We saw, we saw the Patriots do that a ton last year. Yep, the offense could have given the, the defense could have forced fumble at the one yard line. And the Patriots' offense last year was still set up for a field goal. I firmly believe that. Yep. So it's something to be said about not screwing it up. But the but the Jaguars' offense outplayed the Chargers' offense in that game, and not just in the second half. They moved the ball. They just turned it over. There is that is a real thing. People always look at all oh, the offense is like oh, there's a lot of points on the board. That means the offense is doing well. Not necessarily. Football is a weird sport. It -hmm. is a very weird sport in that there can be defensive scores. It's not unheard of that I have three defensive scores, two fumbles and and a pick, two picks and a fumble, whatever the case may be. It's not unheard of. Mm -hmm. So just because the offense got the Chargers got 27, does not mean Justin Herbert was playing all that well. And he certainly didn't play well in the second half. So don't tell me that he's worth $52.5 million a year. He's not. Because if he was, they wouldn't have lost that game. Yes, the the Jaguars have momentum. Yes, they earned that win. But a good quarterback, a good team, wills his team to victory in the second half and doesn't blow that lead. Not the case here. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Nope. Can't give it to you. Can't do it. And let's also remember that I – let's also – Bring up the fact that I didn't Austin Eckler not also have a contract dispute at some point of during this offseason. I do believe so, yes. So it's another piece of this pu- this running back puzzle of my quarterback's getting paid this ridiculous amount of money when I've been doing 75% of the work, probably. <laughs> like sh- shift some of that money. Yeah. And your team is so much better for it. So much better for it. Even like, if you want to give the players the money, just convert it into a signing bonus. Like, if you are dead set on giving that player that money, just say, okay, here's you a massive check when you sign the contract. Why don't people do that more often? They can still say the quarterback got paid. But it won't cost them against the cap. And you can actually, seriously, why don't teams do that more often? Why are we so obsessed with giving them this many million dollars a year in straight-up salary? When it's Mm -hmm. been proven, how do you win in the NFL? You make the quarterback position as cheap as you possibly can and build around it. That's why everyone who doesn't win a Super Bowl or make the playoffs every year runs back to the drawing board every year and starts from scratch with a new quarterback because they can load up. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we giving these quarterbacks relative chump change and just saying the rest is a signing bonus? Why have why hasn't why haven't NFL GMs thought this through? 
I had no idea. I'm not smarter than you, NFL, every NFL GM, but Bill Belichick. I'm smarter <laughs> than you. Because you can still say you're an agent. Look, you're still getting paid. He still makes bank. You still make bank. No, no one's losing any money here. We just re, we just re, we just re, uh, sound like a broken record. We just re, uh, package it. There we go. That's mm-hmm. the word. We're just playing the system. Yeah. Come on. Like Lamar Jackson and Justin Hubbard played you. Yeah. <laughs> the only quarterback coming up for any, for coming up for an extension that deserves is Joe Burrow. And he just injured himself during training camp. Yeah. Probably not a few, probably not a few uh, million dollars off that contract. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. Like, but here we are. Yeah. And that's a guy who'd be like, okay. Like, if you handed him Herbert's contract, I'd be like, you know what? He deserves it. I'm fine with it. But Herbert has not done anything to prove that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can't do it. <clears throat> <sighs> we get to make fun of the New York Jets now, and I think we both love this. Sean Payton, last week, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, that's going to take some time to get used to. Mm-hmm. I haven't him be in New Orleans. Uh, but he came out in USA Today and basically called what Nathaniel Hackett did the worst coaching job in the league, in league history last year. Reminder, Hackett got fired before the season ended. Mm-hmm. He was 4-11. and He got fired with two games left to go in the season. They didn't even let him finish the, the, the season. They played because <clears throat> they get the hell out of here. So, I'm, I, everyone seems to be reading this correctly and that he said it. Not to take a shot at Nathaniel Hackett, but to la- tell Russell Wilson, look, you sucked last year, mm-hmm. but it wasn't your fault. Let's go. But at the same time, it also got public, and then there's the other guy in New York. <laughs> this led Aaron Rodgers to quote to do his best Bill Smith impression and say he better keep his head, his coach out of his out of his mouth. <laughs> so here's my question. Was Sean Payton what do you defend Sean Payton saying it? And sh- what should be done? Like, wh- what do we go from here? Let's, Not that you can't do anything because I mean, they, they play in week mm-hmm. five, week six. But yes. still, like, w- was Sean Payton completely out of his mind to say that? No, because we were all wondering why he wasn't fired sooner. Um, th- there was just something fundamentally wrong with every aspect of that team. And if there's one person who has a right to say that you sucked as a head coach, whether directly or not, it's Sean Payton, a man who has a Super Bowl to his ring and coached one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in this league. And made him what he is. So there's a point where it just, you can't pussyfoot around it. It, it, it. It's... It, it, sometimes I wonder if it's more disrespectful to, to not tell you you sucked ass and needed to do better at your job. And, you know, it, it, whatever. <laughs> um, and if for you, uh, if you're uh, the, the person at the receiving end of that, to have not understood that you sucked so badly with a quarterback who up until then was kind of on the downswing anyway from the last season... But is still Russell Wilson, and then you mess up everything else in that entire team somehow, and, and you don't think 
that, that that was a an extremely poor job, maybe one of the worst in the league, then you're out of your mind to to think otherwise. See, Peyton pointed out they couldn't even get a play, and they led the league in pre-snap penalties. Yeah, exactly. That's just a, that's just that's like, a coaching thing. That's, that's not having a disciplined football team. Yep, that's poor coaching, poor discipline across the board. It starts there, and if you're poorly disciplined, nothing else works. It doesn't matter how good you look. If you screw up, you're still going to lose that game. See, I'm with you. Uh, Sean Payton, here's a coach that can say that. Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. And if there's another Super Bowl winning coach in the, coach in the NFL, I've yet I, – I, oh, Sean McVay. But no, Sean McVay just – no. Sorry, but no. Uh, and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, those have earned the right to say anything they want. Mm-hmm. Nathaniel Hackett is not. Nathaniel Hackett will probably never be head coach again in his NFL career. He will probably be relegated entirely to being an, an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And he might be really good as an assistant coach. He might just not be head coach material, and that's fine. Exactly. But, yes, Sean Payton wasn't saying it's take a shot at you. He was saying it to, to hype up his quarterback and to get him to buy in. Doesn't mean what he said wasn't true. And as for Aaron Rodgers, dude, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. I I am sick and tired of professional athletes feeling like they have to step to defend <clears throat> their teammates or coaches. The the value of just shutting up is completely lost on the modern athlete, and it pisses me off. There are some things you don't need to say. If I'm in that Jets locker room. I care about one thing. Is Aaron Rodgers going to make this team better? And the answer had damn well better be yes. Mm-hmm. That does not involve getting involved in the actions and statements of other teams. It doesn't. I don't care what you or anyone else thinks of Nathaniel Hackett outside of what he can do for this offense. I truly don't. All right? Just stop. Just stop it. It's the same thing that goes into the when a fight breaks down the field, everyone comes in and starts throwing hands. Stop. For the love of God, stop. You're going to get flagged. You're going to cost your team in the end because of this. At the very worst, an offsetting penalty and you wasted everyone's time. Yeah, some guy might get decked. Yeah, some guy might get his ass kicked. But guess what? If he was running his mouth, he deserved it. Stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Stop rushing to the defense of someone. I don't care what anyone says. I know someone will listen to this podcast and go, you never played. You don't know what it's like. I don't fucking care what you think. I don't. There's stu- Stupidity is the downfall of everyone. Mm-hmm. Stop <laughs> being stupid. The, the only the main let's just be real here. The main reason why Rogers has to say anything is because this is the guy who was a uh, is a part of the reason why Rogers won back to back MVPs. Yeah, they didn't do anything else, but he got his personal awards, and that's very clearly the only damn thing Rogers cares about. He could go win the, the MVP this season, and the Jets will still get first rounded in the playoffs. They Assuming they even make it to the playoffs, exactly. It's like, so here's, here's the thing. This got pointed out the other day on PTI, and I also really love this observation. Everything in terms of like the defensive of Daniel Hackett is always a great person. He's a great guy. 
and no point they say he's great at coaching football. Mm-hmm. And that might be why Aaron Rodgers loves him so much, because he gets to do it. Hmm? Ever thought about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a reason why oh, Aaron Rodgers loves to play for him. He gets to run the offense. And Hackett just sits there and goes, oh, by the way, Nathaniel Hackett last year, had, prior to last year, had never called plays before. Mm-hmm. That was all done by Matt LaFleur. Head coach was calling plays. It wasn't you. So, yeah, this whole defense of Nathaniel Haggis stuff, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but it's a little bit unfounded. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not there. And that's also just totally on top of the on top of the fact that they had the most they were the most penalized pre-snap wise team in the league. How many times did he royally screw up clock management and as a result lost a game? Remember in like week two or three, they had to hire an assistant like an advisor to assist him in clock management. Mm-hmm. No NFL team should ever have to hire someone to help the head coach do his job outside of the standard assistant coach. Yep. If you are bringing in someone who is supposed to essentially hold the head coach's hand while he does this, that is a red flag. That is a massive red flag. And I don't know why you don't run from said red flag. Yep. They did, but why only why you why you even got into the water, I don't know. Exactly. I mean the, the, the first game of the season, he had three timeouts and opted for a sixty four yard field goal. Missed it, lost. <laughs> Screwed it up against the Houston Texans. But the Houston sti- Texans. But they still won, but they screwed up. And then they hire the assistant. And then he cedes the quarterback, uh, uh, the the play calling duties to the quarterbacks coach. The, no wonder they couldn't get anything done last year. So you, you got tell you got me. a good one this year though, Denver. Yeah. But we all know the only reason why Aaron Rodgers has anything to say about it is because this guy was with me when I won back to back MVPs. I didn't win any Super Bowls, but I got my MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, media, stop feeding this. Stop making this a headline. It isn't just stop. Stop baiting players into saying stuff for the sake of argument. I'm getting tired yep. of that too. Mm-hmm. Man, it feels good to rant now. I probably, I'm probably like red in the face like a strawberry right now. <laughs> but you know what? It's fun to rant. I love getting this stuff out. It, this this is fun. This is what this podcast is here for. This is for me a chance to rant about things I have absolutely no control over. <laughs> Speaking of the New York Jets, they will play the first football game of the year tomorrow. Uh, Browns and the Jets in the Hall of Fame game. Apparently, Darrell Reeves is going in the Hall of Fame this weekend. I had no idea why the two teams were here, but I know that's connected to someone going in the Hall of Fame, but I had no idea when Reeves is starting. For some reason, I had forgot about that until about a week ago, is and, and I was like, "Wait, oh yeah." But to be fair, I don't even think I remember anyone who's getting inducted into the fa- Hall of Fame this year. Chuck so, Howley is from West Virginia University. That's right. Yep. 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 So, we ready for this absolutely shit show of the game tomorrow? Because we know it will be. <laughs> like the, it's the first it's, it's gonna be like the starters won't play it's gonna be the backups to start off it's gonna be like they're gonna be like the fifth string offensive line at the end of the game 
But that's when it gets fun because these guys are like fighting for scraps and all of a sudden we ask them to go play in front of a primetime TV audience. Yep. It's going to be fun. Oh, and it's just football. What else do you need? Exactly. Is there, I mean, it's not going to be, I mean, the, the Browns were actually in West Virginia before this game. Mm-hmm. They, went to, they went to the Greenbrier. And I sat on them for not opening up in the public, like, I'm sorry, this is training camp. That's public that you don't you don't get to hide behind closed doors. But they did. Yep. I, think, I think it's wrong, but whatever. Uh, are you actually going to watch the game tomorrow night? It's okay to I don't say know. No. I probably won't. I mean, I, I'm going to have to have a late day at work tomorrow anyway. So uh, I'm going to get home and just be like, eh, I want to do something more enjoyable with my day. And then watch the Jets. <laughs> then watch the Jets and whatever the Browns decide that they are. <laughs> play. I, I probably will. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm going to be playing on my phone at the time. Anyway, I'll just be honest. Yeah. Like at the very least, if I'm doing anything, it might be background noise. Maybe. 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 Like, hey, did you see that play? No, did you? Oh, I saw it on replay. I didn't see it live. I just, I, I looked up and I heard Chris Collinsworth raise his voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> well, we've reached the end of the show, by the grace of God. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to bring back our ending segment, what we learned this week. I'll lead off because this is just so hilarious to me. I found this out literally like an hour before the show started. Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions, said the NFL turned down his suggestion slash request to have a live lion on the field during Lions games. I know what I think. I want to know what you think, and I'm pretty sure you're thinking the same thing I am. I I saw I saw the headline and immediately thought I was reading an onion article and didn't go any further. Like I just scrolled through, saw the headline, thought, oh that must be an onion. That's funny. Then you realize, oh wait, that's not Oh, wait a minute. You serious. But at the same time I wouldn't put it past him. I really wouldn't either. <laughs> if you told him to go jump in the cage with a lion and if you if you do, that means you need to go to the playoffs, he'd do it. Mm-hmm. He probably wouldn't even. He probably wouldn't even need the playoff motivation. He probably just do it. Yep. So absurdity like that. I hope you've got something somewhat smart because that was just stupid. What I said. <laughs> um, the uh, the James Webb Telescope, the NASA's new fun, high-powered gal- uh, universe exploring telescope. Um, that has been, I think it's been a little over a year now since it's been uh, brought up as fully operational. Um, they, based on the information they have, there may be stars out there that are powered by dark matter. Huh. They're hyper, they're, they're hypothetical because obviously we can't have direct evidence of them at this point, but hypothetically they can exist. Hmm. Um. Now, let's see. Let's see what uh, the rest of this article. I got to get a reread the piece of this article here. Um, the 
the three candidates that they uh, believe may be uh, what they call dark stars, they could offer a glimpse of star formation in the early in the early universe. So, um, and it could also explain some more of the like just how dark matter functions, um, and even explain how supermassive black holes even came to be. Uh, which is just wonderful to think of. So, uh, dark stars in general, they've only they've only been proposed uh, about fifteen years ago, um, and they're, they're hypothetically, of course, believed to be some of the first type of stars to ever exist. Um, but of course, they haven't yet to be observed until now, where they think they might have, uh, they might be. Um, so they're they're powered from dark matter interactions instead of the normal nuclear fusion that we understand, you know, the sun and other basically any other star to be powered by. Um, so it's just fascinating. And these are this this telescope. I saw every week something absolutely mind blowing is coming out of it. Um, and I, it's just wonderful, and and it is just further further backs up my man. Sometimes maybe I should have been a physicist. <laughs> I can see you doing that. I can see it. You're already uh, you're already a big enough nerd to be a physicist. <laughs> I mean, I almost minored in it. Oh, huh, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, I, had I decided maybe a semester early, or, or so I didn't. I didn't really have an idea on what I wanted to minor in because I did really want to do a minor. Mm. Um, I didn't have a solid idea uh, or decision really until like the end of my sophomore year. Uh. And in terms of actually doing it, like uh, the classes I would have been willing to do, it would have required up to Calc four, but I was willing to do that because I, I, I like math. We've just established I'm a node. Um, they we many... didn't just establish that, just so you know. That's been <laughs> we, we just reinforced that I am a nerd. There we are. That's the word. <laughs> um, so the only thing holding me back was that I would have had to take a math or two over like each of the next two summers. And financially, that just wasn't possible. Um, because uh, summer courses are expensive. <laughs> I should say. So, um, uh, but yeah, I... I, I uh, had I maybe decided a semester early, or even maybe at the end of my freshman year, I I I might very well have a minor in physics. Mm. What I but, would have done with that, I couldn't tell you, but I'd be able to but, tell you a whole a hell of a lot more about dog stores. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, so if we mix your, we would mix your level of physics and my level of trains, we could have made one Sheldon. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. I can. I can. I can go with that. I can do with that. It, it really is amazing, and I—I I, I have to make this one point just because I—I—I I, I want you to think. The first thing I thought we talked about, like the—the—the the, the, the telescope was giving like something every week, mm-hmm. even if it's not your field. Like you're not a physicist, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, I want to know what it's like for you, as a man of science, to watch the advancement of science. From like what do, do you feel a certain bit of I don't want to say gratification, but mm-hmm. 
pride, I think, would be the better word. When someone in another field does it, knowing that you are in the same basic scientific community as they are. Yeah, it's it's it just goes to show that if it can be done, and you get enough, you get the right people in the in the room, or even across the country in the Zoom channel, it it will be done. Um, it it was only a few short years ago that we had gotten a compiled photograph of a black hole for the first time ever. Some 60, 70 years after the first major papers came out suggesting they may even exist. I mean, it, it, it's, it's insane. And the amount of data to even do something like that. I mean, it was hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of terabytes, probably petabytes of data to compile that one image. I mean, it really is just mind blowing. And, and even the stuff that I'm actively, that I'm actively getting to be a part of is just insane. I mean, what people are taking parts uh, or taking the ends of genes, flipping them around, popping them back in a virus, and making it such that it can't replicate, but I can still generate an antibody response to it and maybe use it as a vaccine. Incredible. Just by just by flipping parts of genes and throwing them around. Like, not, granted, with evidence to suggest that, that would happen to begin with, but the, the amount of work that goes into that stuff is... I mean, firsthand having done thing, uh, done the, some research to to put out fun stuff, and then having getting to be a part of all this other some of the finest minds in the in the country is just crazy. So it it, it will never cease to amaze me the the advancements any scientific field makes. Agreed. I mean, I, I, from a from a very much an outsider, it really is amazing to see what you all do. <clears throat> I mean, I, I I will fully admit I will never understand it a lot of it, but I I will never stop uh, admiring it and 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 reveling in it from from the from the <clears throat> standpoint of my God, who like the fact that people possess the knowledge to think uh, to think outside the the previously known box to do something like this mm -hmm. and then to see it work is amazing exactly it, 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 i don't know how you don't marvel at that i really don't the the one big thing that a lot of that a lot of people don't really think about and that like one of my one of my professors in grad school really hammered the point home for was that even negative data, even data that disproves your hypothesis is data and is worth talking about. Because you might get a very, very, very interesting question to come out of that answer from there. And you might spur an entirely new field of research yeah. out of that one disproven hypothesis. Or unsupported hypothesis is the right, the proper term to uh, phrase to really say. Um, like as if it's proven or disproven, well, yeah, about this anymore. <laughs> either disproven, either proven as fact or disproven is not fact. Mm -hmm. So it's it, all data 
is good data, unless it's deliberately manipulated data to you know tell a misinformed narrative. Uh, but other than that, the good any raw data is good data. So there's never really a bad question. Mm-hmm. Does it just because it's not like, what I would have thought doesn't mean it's not a bad question? Exactly. It's like a failed experiment still teaches you something. Exactly. Teach you what not to do next time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of next time, next time we'll be back. We'll be actually previewing a Patriots game for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. As the Patriots will take on, I believe they face the Houston Texans in preseason game number one. That sounds right. So we'll dig into that. We'll look around the NFL mm-hmm. at the uh, week week one preseason games. And then we'll look back at the Hall of Fame game as well. If those ain't the network, there probably won't be. But in, on, on the off chance there is, we'll talk about it. Until then, uh, for uh, this has been Season 4, Episode 1 of the Scientific Ocean Podcast. Darren, this feels so good to say, but take us home. <laughs> Adios, everybody. <laughs>